Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel, straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525. Welcome to Raising Greatness with Tracy Martin on Faith Talk 1360. Tracy Martin is a disruptor of the current destructive agenda. She is a guardian of the teens, young adults, and their parents that she coaches. She is a maverick, living her life at the optimum level of discipline and moral conviction. Her heart is for our kids and helping them reclaim their faith, values, morals, and work ethic that are now obsolete. Tracy is a certified transformational life coach with over 30 years of experience. She is a licensed brain health trainer and a fourth generation entrepreneur. She is a wife, mom of two young women, and a blessed grandma. T always says, your greatest contribution to the world may not be something you do, but someone you raise. Let's go. Raising Greatness with Tracy Martin is airing now and ready to disrupt. Hello, friends. How are you? I hope your week is going great. Welcome back to Raising Greatness. Um, I want to say one thing really quick. Uh, one of my favorite Bible verses is Proverbs twenty-seven seventeen. That is just iron sharpens iron. And I believe that when we surround ourselves with people that have that same mindset and that kingdom builder mindset, we sharpen one another. So leading into my conversation with Ed Delph again, um, this is part two. We ran out of time last time, so we're going to do a part two, which I knew would happen. So I'm excited about that. Um, but Ed has written a book that, um, let me let me tell you a little bit about it first of all. We met two weeks ago at a seminar. Um, and his conversation and talk about the depraved mind really just piqued my interest. As you all know, that that's something that I'm really focused on with our younger generation, our families, our leaders and that. And then he also wrote a book um, called Church at, at Community. So I want Ed to tell you, just reframe for people who are just joining us today and missed part two, which, by the way, please goes back and listen to that. Um, it'll be loaded up on Omni. But tell us a little bit about who you are, Ed. Okay. Um, uh, let's see. I was born in Phoenix. Uh, I've been a pastor at singles. I was a singles pastor for many, many years at Grace Community Church and Northwest Community Church. Um, we started our church, Hosanna Christian Fellowship, uh, here in Phoenix. It did very well. Started 36 people. We're four years later, we're having services over a thousand. So, you know, I had, I've been a big church pastor. I also had a business, Central Bindery, here in Phoenix. Uh, when I was 24 years old, I took the risk of my life <laughs> and uh, put $3,000 into a, a business, a little dead dying business with 80 people, a couple in their 80s, Love it. and down to one customer. I didn't know anything about the, bind, the printing industry, the binding industry. Um, and all of that, but uh, in event, it, to me, it was an opportunity. Yeah. And uh, a guy at church told me about this little thing. So I thought, well, you know, when you're 24 years old, sometimes you can make up foreign strength what you lack in wisdom. Exactly. <laughs> and exactly. Uh, uh, that happened. Fortunately, God saved me many times in that. Uh, we, I call it, uh, we built the airplane while it was flying. Yeah. And, Which is uh, Entrepreneur 101. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's standard. <laughs> but, you know, three years into that, things began to smooth smooth out. I started to become proficient in that. And six years later, we had a, I had 43 employees. Uh, that bindery went on for uh, 50 years. It just closed because of the COVID thing. Yeah. After many, many years, yeah. I, uh, I, I 
God called me to go into the ministry when I was 29 years old. I went over to Indonesia, and as a businessman, the guy who led me to the Lord said, I'm going to Indonesia. You got to go. I said, where's Indonesia? And <laughs> so, uh, but I went over there, took my guitar and sang and sang and uh, uh, led people in worship and gave my testimony as a businessman. And on that flight back, God said, sell that, sell Central Bindery. You're going to go into ministry. And my first my first thing I thought is, oh, my God, yeah. you know how much they pay those guys, Scott? <laughs> and uh, all of that, because I was 29 and single and all that, you know. Yeah. But uh, in any event, uh, so I went on. It was a singles pastor, was a senior pastor. And then in 2000, um, I started a ministry. Uh, my heart had moved from a church to the church. So we started a ministry called Nation Strategy, and it is there to envision and empower um, church and community leaders for societal transformation. And that's a little bit about me. No, that's, and, and that's, and I think that's where, like we talked before we jumped on air, was that I think something like that is important today because people don't see how they can make a difference and how they can come in and have some sort of a voice and being Absolutely. able to. Absolutely. Well, and I think that's the biggest problem. That's, that's what was so cool with being in that seminar. It was like, you know, you realize that every single person has some sort of sphere of influence. Yep. And how do you then use that and what is it, whether it's your family, your business or whatever it is. So you talked a little bit about um, you have a course called Ministry and Marketplace, which again, piqued my interest too, because as we know, corporations are also part of the woke part of it and they are also yeah. going into that so tell me a little bit more about that and where that what that is well ministry in the marketplace 300 level university course but anybody can take it um it's the uh, uh you, you can we'll have the uh email for you yes. and stuff like that but basically it's what it's designed to do is turn churchgoers into city changers and I'm just so tired. The average student in Biola that goes to Biola or some other type of Christian Bible school or even a university or whatever, they graduate, they get a job, and then they just sit in church the rest of their life. Yeah. And here they are. They could be a minister in their sphere of influence. They could be, a uh, uh, if they're in biology, they could be, how do you say, in the same way your pastor pastors you at church, you pastor your friends there, the people you influence and all of that. So what we're trying to do is to say, look, uh, the church is abandoned culture. We've got to We've got to re-engage the culture. You right. know, uh, we, we've just kind of turned over. I mean, in some cases, we're having bigger and bigger church services inside the walls, but we're losing the culture. Yes. We've lost the culture outside of the four walls. So, uh, and we the are average post-Christian America for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the average church in America is not growing today, and uh, by light years, the you know the statistics on that speak for themselves. So. You have very few uh, successes and a lot of uh, uh, models the other way, and that's because we're losing the culture. We don't know how to engage the culture. We aren't comfortable being salt and light in the culture. Churches are amazing in the sense they tend to be really good up at upward yes. and inward and terrible at outward. And so, you know, everybody likes the uh, to sing the song, you know, shout to the Lord or whatever the latest song is latest or whatever, song. you know, and uh, yeah, we sit there and sing. We sing about all these things, but don't do a thing about them. And I'm just got, 
I'm, uh, you know, as a practitioner, I'm not an academic. I'm a pracademic. Okay, yeah. I've got my doctor of ministry and faith and culture. How faith expresses itself in culture. So we designed a class to equip you people out there listening on how to help you be comfortable being salt and light in the community. How to turn your workplace into a church on its own, into a right. mini church, and you know to. Uh, to engage that part because that's where the action is. The action is on one and one, not mm-hmm. this gigantic advertisements and this, that, and the other. All those, those, although those do help in certain cases and so forth. But the real action is the word becoming flesh and coming into the science neighborhood, yeah. coming into the business neighborhood. You know, the I love that verse in the Greek, and the word became flesh and moved into the neighborhood. You know what's funny about that, um, Ed, just to touch upon, like, what I, it's funny. So, like, what I do as a coach, I still do one-on-ones. And it's interesting because people always say to me, what, why are you doing that? You know, you speak, you have a book, you do this, you have a radio show, you have a podcast. I go, because that's really the real work, you know? And it's funny because I know um, so many coaches who, what I call their Instagram coaches, you know, they write these courses, they throw them up there, they charge too much money for them. And then you have the inactivity or the complacency of the person because they haven't really been equipped. And that's why I think still staying the one-on-one when the flesh became word or, or when the word became flesh, I think that that, that's what's missing, and and I love that your course is going after the marketplace and the people that could the, it, their business could be their ministry. Yeah, absolutely. Mine was. I mean, yeah. I've proven it in in Central Bindery and so forth. And the first three or four years, I had to work pretty hard to get some credibility because. Right. We were learning how to run the business and putting all the money we made back in the business. You didn't that. have any whiskers yet. Uh, <laughs> I didn't have any. Yes, I, I was a very, very young man. <laughs> but uh, I used to ride my skateboard up and down. Right? Set, we had 17,000 feet, you know, building. And, and uh, I'd ride it up and down on the in Which the is such there. a fun metaphor because I think that's part of the problem with our Gen Zers today, yeah. which you know I love y'all. But <laughs> it's like they see this and they're like, I want that. And by, oh, my God, they made it overnight. I'm like, like 25 years in the making. Yeah. You know, they they don't they see the end result and the fruit, but they don't want to be the one that abides uh, and works and shows up every single oh, time. Man, I, you know, there I remember staying up three nights in a row. We had this great big job for First National Bank back then. And uh, I forgot what it was, a couple hundred thousand saddle stitch books, you know. And, yeah. And we had a machine that we'd bought that was supposed to do those, and it wouldn't do them. And so basically, essentially, we had to do them by hand. I, I was up three nights in a row paying the dues, you <laughs> I've know. I've been there. And uh, yes, it's, I mean, I'm glad I, I, if I tried that today, I'd be toast. <laughs> I, I'd be a worm on a hook, you but know. But see, so. that's why we pass that on to the next generation, yeah. right? That's why oh. we're equipping that. And I love that the courses are in, so are they in everyday college too like people can go you mentioned nau well uh I, i've got it's not in nau but okay. we right now it's in process step three or okay. four several universities uh it's in primus university for sure uh primus is now associated with oru so okay. that i just filled out all the forms and all that stuff <laughs> two days worth of Fun. stuff for it to go for it's gonna be an or, oru 
and it looks like and okay. uh i i you know that's that's why i did all that you know right, right. and so i've got to go back and meet them actually so yeah it's it'll get around but you can get it online there's an audit course of it it's like 60 dollars. you could take an audit course it's 17 sessions uh it's got me on video and homework and all this great stuff but basically my goal is to help you out there do the work of your ministry right, most people right. think the work their ministry is in church no you serve a church but your work, your ministry right. is in the community for most people. Right. If you look at Israel, I mean, think of this, you guys out there. Um, uh, it, Israel was called the church in the wilderness. So at Israel, we can learn some church lessons. And think of this. There was only one tribe that was in full-time ministry inside the walls of the church. Mm. And that was the Levites, a small tribe. Okay, So oh, there was only one tribe. The other 11 tribes, basically led by Joseph, the fruitful bow who goes over the wall. Right. He's coaching the Pharaoh, you know, God like the, the rest of us are designed for our ministry is outside of there. And mm-hmm. I think many times in church, that's why I wrote Church of Community. I mean, the pastor equips you to do work at church, but yes. not work, not work in being a scientist, being a witness and scientist or, um, you know, uh, other areas out there. Um, your ministry is out there and it says equip that, you know, and equip means that's, see, that's more the one on one thing. Right, right. Uh, it drives me crazy when I go all over the world and uh, just got back from Auckland last night. Auckland, New Zealand was there a couple of weeks and, and two weeks I'll be in South Africa for another couple of weeks, stuff like that. Uh, but uh, I've been over 100 countries and wow. all that and ministered in most of those, 22 countries of Africa. And um, uh, But for those guys out out there... Uh, it t- it's the one-on-one is where the action is. What You don't see that. When I go, I- I'll see, come to our, you know, be in some church, come to our discipleship church tonight. And right. it's, you know what it is? It's one guy standing up there in front of six other people lecturing to them. Mm-hmm. That's not discipleship at all. That's teaching. Right. It's one-way communication uh, that's teaching. And somehow we've made that teaching um, uh, disciple, disciple, a process of discipling. And so I have four levels that I engage people on. You might like this uh, all out there. The, number one is I do case presenting. That's when you speak to the big okay. crowd, the 5,000, the you know, the case presenting, the yes. su- normal Sunday morning service, um, you're, you can learn. Right, uh, right, right. I, I think CCV has a really good thing. We come here to worship God and to learn. I mean, anybody yeah. can learn in that setup. You know, that's, a, that's, that's fair. Okay. And then you have teaching. Mm-hmm. Um, teaching is the guy, you know, where it's like Jesus. Well, Jesus, let's use Jesus' example. Jesus with the 5,000, that's case presenting. Okay? Right, right. Uh, Jesus with the 70 was teaching. Jesus with the was when he was with the twelve that was coaching, and Jesus when he was with the three that's mentoring, yes. that's deep diving, that's getting into the thing, that's the one on one process, Tracy, that you were talking about that yeah. you like to do, and that's where transformation. Incidentally, coaching and and mentoring are where transformation ha- happens, where a transformation happens, not the other two. It's no. it begins the process. It start. It's part of 
the discipleship process. But the real thing is at the end in those two different levels. And I've encouraged everybody out there. So I no, uh, that's you know, Ed, that's a big that's a big thing because I think that people when I use the example of like the Instagram coaches or the people that are the Instagram pastors and they're out there just building all these yeah. things on their grid. I wrote a, I wrote a workbook called Transformation Declaration, uh-huh. and we're doing a woman's event in February on this, and we'll we'll get more information on that. But it, it goes back to again, it goes back to transformation happens when it's personal and it's intentional. And and I think when you have that, pre, you know, the presenting part is they're all needed. The four things that you said yeah, yeah. are all it's, needed yeah. for sure. It depends on where do you fit, what's going to be most effective for you, and how how do you learn? It's not if you learn, it's how you learn. Teaching only takes you ankle deep. Yes, <laughs> generally. Okay, we get, we're supposed to. What's what's that story in Ezekiel? You know where you're, where you're uh, totally covered in yes. water, where you're yes. deep. Yeah. So so well, it's immersive uh, at that it's, point. It's really you know this is a crucial issue. Uh, you aren't going to get that uh, sitting in a church. Right. You, know, you right. just aren't going to get that. Now that doesn't make that wrong. I like I said before, there's a purpose for that. I get it, but. But when you bring it back to a ministry within your work or a ministry within your family or in your community, it's the same thing. And I think that's, I think that's where we had what we had a whole world of mega churches and, you know, we checked the, you know, we crossed T's, dotted the I's, checked the boxes and everybody was doing this. To me, it was just basically a ritual. It wasn't enriching. Yeah. And I think that that's something that this, these kinds of things change. Yeah. I I think it can be inspiring and enriching at first. Yeah. But after two years of that, it's yeah. does it moves to just what you said. It's yeah. not in which you, and you're kind of looking for more. What's the next step? What's Where do next? we go from here? So those types of churches tend to be feeder churches for other churches that are, you know, will help you in taking the next steps and so forth. But how do we how do we compare? Um, I hate the comparison game, but <laughs> how do we compare? Like I know you said you traveled to a hundred countries. You just got back from New Zealand. How do we compare? You know, kind of where we are to where if there was a barometer on that. To where like the like New Zealand you just came back from? Yeah, I think New, New Zealand would be uh, Australia. Countries like that would be right about you know where we are. Okay, because uh, everybody follows the United States. I mean, the Kiwis yeah. kept telling me that this trip, you know, what's going on in the United States? Because right. and they sometimes they can get real critical. The United yeah, States, yeah, of course. But, well, who but, isn't right now? <laughs> but essentially, what they're saying, what they said to me is, even though we have some criticism, we 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 follow you. You yeah. know, and yeah. so that's the thing here is that the United States has the has the megaphone right yes. now. It has the you know the saying is if America. Uh, sneezes, the rest of the world gets a cold. Yes. And, and I, you know, if you're from another country, please don't be offended by what I said. I'm just telling you what other it's countries true. say yeah. and is kind of the thing. Yeah. And I know there's a lot of things uh, we're trying to change those in our country, get things turned around here. Uh, but yes. if we just went through the depraved, seven steps to depraved mind. And right. unfortunately, we're going that way. So, so what mean, that means is that we're discipling the world and how to be, uh, the, just go through the, the seven steps. Yeah. The way that well, we don't want. It's a negative thing. Yeah. So, but one of the things I, the questions I always ask pastors, one of the things I always ask, and the reason I wrote Church at Community was the idea is if the community's not going to church, the church needs to go to the community. Yes. If the insiders won't go outside, the outsiders won't come inside. Right. Um, if, think of it this way. Earth wasn't going to heaven, so heaven had to come to, to earth. earth to show right. the way. And so the questions I like to ask pastors is, and I, we had to ask ourselves at our church, how is the community better because of our church, number one? That's good. And if our church was gone, who would miss us? 
Mm. Would it just be a bunch of uh, uh, little Christians or something? Yeah, just, just taking up yeah. space at that point. Yeah. And so what happens is it becomes uh, we forget our audience. You know, the audience out there is our community. We're here because they're here. Right, right. And it's great to have Christians at church, and it's great to have people making that process and starting on their journey. But also, um, the, I call those people out there, I never call them like heathens or anything like that. <laughs> to me, they're future church. Yes. You know, yes. and if we can just, if we can make insider information, outsider information, and by uh, what we say and how we act, yes. you know, salt being salt and light, yes. you know, yes. um, then, uh, uh, you know, we can start to uh, grow the church again and, and have it be on a real process. I, I believe... Tracy, that there's there's three types of churches. There's okay. Christian fellowships. Those are that's just a bunch of fellows on the same ship who are Christians. Okay. <laughs> I like that. And they're upward and inward, but tend not to be outward. Uh, remember, people left to themselves right. make it about themselves. Exactly. And if you live in a bubble, you'll eventually suffocate. Okay. Mm-hmm. So what happens is those things tend to have a short shelf life, gen- typically one generational that type of thing. Right. And right. Don't really leave the community any better than than when they came. Right, you know, what's that, the imprint they're leaving? Yeah. yeah, with the imprint. Now, they do in people, don't get me wrong, but as far as the community, right. um, did they ever feed the poor? Did they ever, you know, do things out in the community? Number two, the second type of church is a community church. And you see a lot of those. They take from the community, community. They get people saved. They take from the community, but they don't give anything back to the community. Or back in. So yeah. they become their own, like Disneyland or mm-hmm. Disney World. Or, Which were the mega churches, I think. A lot of them yeah, were like that. Yeah, a lot of those. But you see the mega churches are starting to get smarter on this yes, thing. Yes, yes. Uh, smarter and smaller, actually. Smarter and therefore smaller, or they're you know separating great, big, huge things into smaller things all over town. Right. And that type of thing. Kind of a, that type of deal. Right. Uh, so they, they can get more of that personal contact. So what my church is about is how to build a church for the community, a church that understands that, that knows that, you know, we're here because the community is here. The community here isn't for us. We're here for the community. I call it seek first the community, seek first the communities of God and all these churches shall be added unto you. In other words, how do you grow your church? By growing your community. Right. And then you'll get your church. Seek the welfare of the city where I've called you in and in its welfare you will have welfare church. So that's in Jeremiah there. So um, sorry, I'm hitting the microphone thing no, here. No, you're fine. You're fine. Uh, I'm, I'm preaching now. But, uh, you know, so there's a case, a pretty strong case that you can make for this and I've made that uh, all over the world, and and um, well, you're, so you're going to South Africa. So what's that about? South Africa is I've got I'm doing a seminar on momentum. Okay, and my what first seek. <laughs> in a town called Louis Tricart, and I'll be there three days, and we're going to be going through like no momentum in church, momentum in your personal life, momentum. Momentum is amazing. The yeah. first thing that God created was not heaven and earth and the universe. The first thing that God created was momentum. Mm -hmm. That's called the big boom. Yes. It created mass and velocity. Yes. And mass and velocity, when they're working, when they're working together, right now there's galaxies moving away from our galaxy at over the speed of light, over the speed of light. 
Um, I just I did all this research on that. And so the velocity is still going. And so right. momentum is our, you know, it can be our best friend or our worst enemy. Right now in America, we don't realize it. One of the principles of momentum, one of the three principles, is that once you get going, you got to give it the r- blast every right. once in a while to keep right. it going. And right now, the blast we're giving it, we aren't giving it the right blast. We're giving, we're, we're going up. We're intentionally causing the nation to go uphill and go around curves and be cause friction because of the gravity, which right. creates friction, which slows the train down and the train slowing down and we don't even know it no so you have to put right blasts every once in a while to keep that it takes when we started the united states built on judeo core values right it took 10 units of effort to move back then to move the country forward one one movement okay but once you have momentum it only you only have to do one one unit of effort for 10 units of outcome. For Which the language 10. matters, yeah. what you said, too, because most people wouldn't go, I'm just not inspired to do this. I'm not inspired to go here. I'm not inspired to go to church. Why? It's, so, it's like it, you, you're not seeking that. You're seeking momentum. If you wait to be inspired, never the, do you, by the time you realize that you're sitting there, the parade will be a mile down the road. Exactly. And you'll be pooping up the, you'll be scooping up the poop of the yeah. horses. Well, because we're, we're waiting for something. I always tell people, you have a, you have a wait problem problem w-e-i-g-h-t yeah. not a, not the other part of it because it's like you don't have a weight problem with the w-e-i-g-h-g-h you have a weight w-a-i-t because people do they wait for this they wait for that and the momentum is really the message at that point i yeah. mean there's momentum no way takes uh that you the, takes movement yeah it, it does. takes so it's so it's mass and like see that's why unity you know the bible talks a lot about unity that's why unity is so important because unity is mass right i one church going forward it's not going to be as strong as 20 churches going forward right, at the same right. miles per hour i mean just think of that you know well, creating the, and, and i think that's what you call the movement or what you call yeah. whatever you want to call it Motion. is it yeah. is and i think too i think that i think that when you when you when you go back and you have these these conversations with people and like what you're saying with your um, and by the way you guys we're going to link everything into the radio show um, and then also once it goes to Omni um, but but Ed was talking about the whole mission with the marketplace and the ministry around the world and what you do the website nationstrategy.com is is where you can find that ministry in the marketplace which is a course through Primus University which I think is really super important and I also think too Ed I think that you know with your perspective. I love to have we'll we'll do this again Um, but but i think the perspective about it to where every single thing is applicable today um and i think that's really important and you guys thank you so much for listening this was part two with ed um we're going to do another one um but so you guys know honestly just take care of your families take care of yourself and god bless you can find us on officially tracy martin at instagram also, TracyLMartin.com website. And like I said, we'll put all of Ed's information in here. And I really want you all to to really pay attention to what's going on. Ed, any one last word you want to leave with anybody? I just want to say that God didn't save us from the world. He saved us for the world. And I think if we could get that, we could turn some churchgoers into city changers and create a positive momentum. Yeah, I agree. Thank you so much, you guys.